This week's episode of Black Girl Brunch is sponsored by Legacy DC. Planning on heading to DC? Are you a DC resident looking to support a small business in your area? Check out Legacy DC, a unique art gallery that specializes in graffiti, street art, and digital art. Legacy DC is also a I-71 gifting shop. What's I-71 gifting? Glad you asked. In short, I-71 is a legal way of receiving cannabis products in DC. It's the gift for purchase system, but instead of being gifted something random you'll never use, you're gifted a cannabis product. How does I-71 work at Legacy DC? For patrons 21 plus, with one purchase of digital art, you receive a cannabis product of your choosing. That's so decent. I'm for sure hitting them up next time I'm in DC. Right? You can also order online and pick up in store. For more info on Legacy DC and I-71, check out their website at thelegacydc.com. My name is Iman. And I'm Sabria. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And again, happy International Women's Month. We love women. It's our time. Time to shine. <laughs> Actually, it's always our time. That's just this month. Let's be real. <laughs> Period. Exactly. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing. Yeah, very much. Uh, I'm um, very much doing. <laughs> we are on a cleanse right now. Um, yes, it's just a very we needed it because we went we went ham on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, shout out to Rel and Sean. Uh, we both were at their house forming beautiful home, beautiful gowns, yeah. Yeah. beautiful gowns. <laughs> oh my god, it was so fun having like sliders and drinking tequila pasta salad yeah and i'm not a drinker so like i was so i was down so bad the whole day and even today i felt like a little murky because i really do not drink so i'm like i don't know how y'all do that shout out to y'all i don't know what happened okay yes i do i do know what happened (laughs) i just got too excited because of the lemonade it was like spiked lemonade with like tequila oh yeah it was like fresh lime in it and like i'm just a lemony girl you really are drink too much but the thing is i've sobered up i'm like oh i'm good yeah i live four minutes away from rolling showing so i took a shot before i left because i knew by the time it hit i'd be home i know it's irresponsible do not try this at home (laughs) i walked in there and i look like um i look like wanda from holiday heart when i came in the (laughs) door that shot hit me as soon as i got home i was like same it hit me too also, I think I got excited because I'm not used to being in it in an environment where I can drink and there's vegan food. So I don't want to drink on an empty stomach or drink where I'm just eating fries. So I'm like, oh, I'll just have one drink or I won't drink at all. But there was like a plethora, like everything was vegan. Yeah, it so was it was just like I can eat and I could drink. Like I just was like, Ooh. it was so good. Um, but we all knew like this is the last hoorah. Like. I would say 90% <laughs> of the people who came to the housewarming, we all got in a group chat and it was like, yeah, it's time to be different tomorrow. <laughs> like tomorrow yeah, we got to be true. different. So um, it's it's hard. Like I won't go over all the rules, but I will say that we got one suite for the month. And that's like, I don't even like saying that out loud. Yeah. And my birthday is coming up. So I feel like you get to, you get an excuse, but I'm trying to save my suite for your birthday. 
Yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying. I'm like, because most of the people that's in the group chat will probably well, yeah, do it's your birthday. my birthday. So choose wisely. <laughs> <laughs> Not choose wisely. Yeah. I felt Arthur. like um that was a very jigsaw move of you. <laughs> that's how I feel. Because I'm like, I I get an excuse for my birthday, but it's like different. Damn. Rub it in. <laughs> But now nah, I'm gonna wait for your birthday too. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh Lord, I can't, I can't. I'm excited though. Like the clothes ain't going bad. Maybe I'm growing up and I'm starting to become afraid of bad food because it <laughs> yeah, causes I... such terrible things to go wrong in my body. Like mm-hmm. my body be beatboxing when I eat certain <laughs> things. It's crazy. Same. All right. Well, let's get into the fade four for this week. It's still Women's Month, so we're still talking about you know womanhood as we always do, right? This week we want to talk about four things we had to learn to embrace as women because we all know loving ourselves ain't easy, but it's a journey Mm -hmm. and we're learning. So we decided to share our learning with you all. You first. Yes, yes, yes. I would have to say one of the big things is my personality. Um sometimes like even to this day I struggle with it like sometimes I wish that I was like I mean I am very hyper femme hyper feminine but like sometimes I wish I feel like I was more like girly and more like speak when spoken to like or something like that or just not as like aggressive or like as like loud or out there so like but I can't help it and I'm not happy if I'm not myself so I had to come to the conclusion to the conclusion that like you know if I'm dating somebody or something like that that's what it really is like when you're dating somebody and you as a woman you're very loud and very opinionated it's like you kind of feel like sometimes you want to shrink yourself Uh. um but like if you can't accept that then you just can't accept me and I'm not going to shrink myself I'm not gonna be happy so you can't shrink yourself yeah exactly you can't can't. (laughs) so so I had to be comfortable with that um because like you know when I was younger people would always tell me like oh boys don't like when girls do this or girls blah 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 and I'm just like okay also like how would you know if you never tried it and more importantly (laughs) like boys don't but sometimes people don't be wanting boys exactly let's (laughs) think about that (laughs) let's think about that and also um they do because I'm really yeah. not having and, and they do. Department. Oh boy, do Let's, they? They do be exactly. wanting girls to act unusual. Trust and believe. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Another thing is my opinion and not being afraid to be dumb. Mm. So I really struggled with this, like in school and stuff like that. And it was like realizing as I got older, it's internalized misogyny and I stopped caring when I was in college and it was so freeing like I wanted to write um scripts about like women and women doing like silly things and just being wild and all that and like I was always in a classroom full of men and it was like really scary to be like oh I want to do this and like you know with our critique classes being afraid of like the feedback of being like oh this person is blah 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 blah. so I just stopped caring like I just did not give a hook and like if I do something now and like it seemed like it's very dumb to do or loose like if I go the wrong way and I'm like whoopsie like whatever I'm okay with it like I'm not gonna beat myself up about it like because um you know men are do stuff like that in a different way yeah and sometimes when men get 
do something dumb, they get angry. And I'm just like, whoops, <laughs> like whatever. So or I'm they, just they like, get real defensive sometimes. Exactly. Because masculinity so, don't allow them to ever be dumb or wrong. Exactly. So I feel like everybody has, you know, those moments. So I'm just not beating myself up about it. Like, because why would I know everything? You know? Right. Um, also, oh, excuse me, y'all. Um, my natural hair. So I feel like that's different is like for receptive like as a black woman. And I know curly hair white women are yeah, girl, I it's not the same. You don't go to hell. So it is not the same at all. Um like as a black woman, sometimes like this is why now, like with social media and like seeing more black women and stuff, I get so excited and like how there's a rapper named Callie who has locks. And she's a rapper and she's so sexy. And like, you know, growing up, um, you know, a young black girl and like seeing, you know, different hairstyles and stuff, braids, locks, all that kind of stuff. I feel like you can never be sexy in them. Like mm-hmm. growing up, like it was never seen as sexy. Like those were hairstyles that you wore. Like if you were going to Miami and you was going to swim. For summer, you like, I'm going to Universal. Camp, I get some braids. <laughs> exactly or like are kind of like a little running joke in the black community is like well this is back in the day that like black women they get pregnant they always get micros mm-hmm. so like it was just like it was something like that it was always a hairstyle where it's like oh i'm just sitting down out the way mm-hmm. i don't want to be looked at or something like that and i just love that now it's like i can get you know locks and or i can wear my hair in my like fro and like a twist out in it I still can be seen as like sexy and beautiful and just embracing it more and leaning into it because like even when I wear fake hair wearing wigs I don't like wearing straight wigs because I really love having curly hair like I have accepted it so much that even when I wear fake hair I'm trying to mimic my real hair so it's so exciting to get to that point as a woman because like you know people treat us differently because our Mm -hmm. hair is like you can um there was a time where you were it could you could be afraid of like not getting a job or something like, like I, I interviewed today and i had my natural hair out and i didn't feel scared Gross. um and it's crazy because that was literally recently too like re, like up uh, like maybe like 2016 mm-hmm. i think things changed yeah i think it changed that people were like enough is enough and that's something that i definitely hit because i feel like it's it's definitely different when you are a woman yeah um also my body um that's a big thing so I feel like once the pandemic happened um and just trying to like just not um collapse as a whole um like anybody that knows me knows that I'm always like um sometimes I'm like working out extra hard and sometimes I have like downtime and like I realized that I never thought I would ever be this person in life but I am somebody whose weight fluctuates. Same. Like, Same. that's what it is. I Yeah, I never thought I was that type of person. But like, I look back at pictures and sometimes I'm super small and sometimes yeah. I'm not. So um, I realized that, um, especially, again, as a woman, you know, being certain sizes, it's crazy because you feel less feminine when you're, like, more fluffy, which is, like, <laughs> weird. Feminine <laughs> to think about <laughs> When you say that, like, so, like, I definitely had struggled like with that, but like I feel like once the pandemic hit, and I realized that there was other things to worry about 
I stop being so hard on myself. And also, I know what I'm capable of. So I'm not going to, if I'm having a down moment where I'm not 100% into my fitness, um, I know that when I get back, I'm going to get back and, you know, I'm going to stay on it. I feel like the next time I get on it, it's not going to stop. But I don't, I'm not being hard on myself like I was. That's not healthy. And so health, if if health is the goal, you have to be kind to yourself. There's no way you could be healthy and be nasty, mean to yourself and have anxiety surrounding your health, anxiety surrounding your body. I feel like as you get older, you start to learn and be a little bit more holistic with your approach to health and wellness. And that's why I think you feel like that. Like the next time would be the last time. I feel that way too. I feel like this is my, my final health kick in the sense that I truly am at a space where it's not about just the body. It's not about that. Yes, I'm going to look my best, my personal best, but I also am at a point Mm -hmm. where I look at older pictures of myself like a little bit heavier and be like, I look good then too. I was fine. I'm always beautiful. Like no matter which weight I'm at, when I decide to change, it's because I want to. And I feel like same with you, same with all our friends. It's not like I hate where I'm at. I'm, I'm beautiful. I want to make some changes. I want to energize myself. And it's just as simple as that. Exactly. Exactly. So that's something that's like a weight lifted off my shoulder. I'm like, I feel like I can be good at any size. And that's very hard as a woman, like, you know, especially with social media and like this push for surgery and all those things and like, you know, Photoshop and stuff like that. And it's just like, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, that was my No, that's definitely facts. Uh, For me, I guess it's kind of related to this, but in a different way. But like one thing I had to learn, one thing I'm embracing, I'm going to say embracing because I'm not there. I'm not there with a lot of these things, but my bigness (laughs) and not just the sense of like my height, but also just like sometimes like my personality, Um, my voice, my, my like, sometimes I'm quiet, but because of, both my height and whatever presence I just, God has given me. Sometimes I feel like I fill up a room and I get uncomfortable with that. And then when I get uncomfortable mm-hmm. with my bigness, people, it's awkward for everybody, for me, for other people in the room. But when I embrace being big, when I stop getting in my head and stop being like, I think for me, the number one thing is always like, if I come up in here real big and stand in my business and you know I'm over six foot tall I know what I'm talking about that I'm going to come off as not humble I'm gonna come off mm-hmm. as like somebody who's just not nice and I, I want to be known as a good person so there's no way I could be good and and confident and still and I think that that's like the catch-22 like people want women to be sexy and confident but when we are they make us seem like our, we're too big-headed and I think that humility can disguise itself like no I think that like Imposter syndrome syndrome can disguise itself as humility, for sure. Like, I really feel like imposter syndrome can disguise itself as being humble, and you have to learn the difference. And I think that at this point in my life right now, I'm learning. Like, no, wear bright colors, wear your hair real big, like, do what you, be curvy and big. Yeah, have the audacity to be yourself. Have the audacity to be who God made you. You didn't ask to be amazing. I didn't. The next, (laughs) given this, so it's my job to be myself. And I think so many other tall women, like Megan Thee Stallion, truly, 
that like that's the one right there. Yep. She is big. Yep. She stands on her big. Rihanna is big. Beyonce is big. Imagine if those women weren't big. Like what would happen? How who would I look to? Like it's just so important to be your big self and who mm-hmm. gives a fuck if you extra, if you're taking up too much space. Exactly. People are, even when I have opinions about people being extra, I'd be like, cool, but they're but they're being too true to themselves. Exactly. It may not be for me, but they're being true to themselves and I respect that. Um, next, um, my logic. Like sometimes I feel like my logic can be very like buzzkill. And I think that like, again, as a woman, I often feel like I should always be like super happy and cheery and like flowery. But sometimes that's not how my logic works. Like I'm very practical. I'm a safe person. And like, (laughs) I just feel like that's something that I had to learn to embrace and celebrate because that logic, I'd be right. And just because the people around me, especially men challenge it, don't mean that they're right. There have been a lot of men who have tried to challenge me on basic facts and I've just held my own, but I've secretly walked away feeling like, God damn it. Why do I always have to be such a problem? But then I look back and I'm like, it wasn't me. Like I wasn't the problem. That person, any person who allows you to betray basic logic to boost their ego is not a good person for you. And now that I'm older, you can't run that game on me no more. Like you just can't run it on me. Like I stand firm and and like I'm aligned with what my core beliefs are and why. So you can't even play with me like that. I'm really proud to have like basic logic and how I operate. Um, my hair, I know you kind of went through your hair story, but I feel like for me, it just was like I have literally been told that I've had bad hair my entire life like people I just imagine from the time you are like five years old your mom is just making it like your hair is just the worst hair because she don't know how to take care of it because she never was taught to take care of her own hair all that you know we come from a generation of your parents relax your hair that's just it your parents relax their own hair that's just that was the norm at the time um you go to the hair salon and like people are talking about how my hair won't take and like my hair won't take, but the only time people gave me compliments is when a real good relaxer took in my hair and I have really thick hair. And then they were able to like, oh, wow, your hair can take heat. Your hair looks so good straight. When I cut my hair off in 2016, just like you said, and went natural, that was like a, a reset for me personally, because that's when I just was like, everything I've decided that everything that everyone has ever told me about my hair is a lie, but I also was scared to get out the car when I cut my hair. Like I was scared to get out the car. Cause I'm like, do I look right? Like I do. I look like, you know, myself do I look, cause you know how we all had the idea of the women who wear natural hairstyles because before YouTube, we all thought we had to wear our hair like in like the curly top and that don't look right on everybody. Let's be mm-hmm. real. It don't. It do not look right for everybody. And some women can rock it, but it's all about your face shape. Mm-hmm. YouTube open women on you, black women on YouTube opened up the doors and made us all realize like, okay, cool. I need the taper cut. I need this cut. I need this hairstyle. I need to twist out. I need the puff. I need the bun. Like it gave us so many, so much range. So I'm thankful for those women because I was watching YouTube for one year before I did my big chop. But that big chop has reset everything so when people say that i'm like their hair goals or that i'm their afro hair goals they're staying soul because i was never told that growing up at all that is a new compliment and it's just all the proof i needed to be like yo people don't know what the fuck they talk about when they say what's wrong with you and sometimes you just gotta let that old stuff go mm-hmm. and finally 
my sensitivity. Now, I know I talked about my logic, but also I'm very sensitive. And I think that like you were saying, sometimes people make you feel like your sensitivity is because you are a woman. When in reality, people are sensitive just because they're sensitive people. It has nothing to do with their gender. Like it has nothing to do with that. So I have allowed myself to be human and be sensitive as a woman and not feel stupid Mm -hmm. about it. I've allowed myself to cry. I've allowed myself to be emotional. I've allowed myself to say that like I'm sad, that I miss people, and I'm not going to internalize my own oppression and go on the opposite end of the spectrum and try to be like stony. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of us were taught that that's what strength looks like, being the opposite of emotional and opposite of sensitive. But my sensitivity is like one of the things I put in my arsenal. It's what makes me empathetic. It's what makes me uh, feel. It's what makes me kind of care about how I treat other folks. So that's something I'm really learning to embrace. Like being sensitive is a beautiful thing. Like I need to embrace it more. And I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying really hard. That's it. That's the phase four. Yeah, done. That felt great. Right? That felt Did, amazing. Didn't that feel good? We got a few toasts um slash pray for assists this week. Um really rough time you know, in the past few weeks, like first we want to send some prayers to Brittany Grenier. I feel like nobody cares that she was like, she's being held captive in Russia. Yeah, what the hell? Like, I feel, I feel like this is exact, this Ukraine slash Russia situation, like everything else, even a humanitarian crisis can present Mm anti-blackness. So I'm praying for her safety for sure. Like, I just feel like I I know it's a lot going on across the world right now, but I feel like what, what are they doing to her? I hope she's okay. I hope she's safe. Um, sending, sending strong, strong, strong prayers. And we'll continue to like cover it and talk about it because nobody else really is. Also, also we want to give, um, we want to pray for Khalees. Um, she recently lost her husband to stomach cancer. That is so terrible. We just want to cover her in love. We also want to cover the Braxton family um, with love after you losing their, the eldest Braxton sister, um, Tracy to cancer again, fuck cancer every day and sending them so much love. All right. As promised, we're moving into tea time slash TV dinner and we're covering Abbott elementary. Yay. I'm so happy that you watched it. Yes, yes, yes. I had a chance to watch a shout out to Ralph for putting it on while we were talking and we were cracking the fuck up. It was so <laughs> funny. Um, so what we're gonna do is kind of because the show isn't paced in the same way as Euphoria, we're not gonna go through every episode. We're just kind of gonna cover the show, talk about the characters, thoughts on it, and just kind of go from there because I'm still watching. I'm only a few episodes in, but I really like the show so far and I'm just proud of Quinta. Like I'm so like my heart, my heart, like she's a Philly girl. She's a black girl. She has our sense of humor. I feel seen. I feel so seen. Thank you for showing us that Issa Rae wasn't going to be the only ones. Cause sometimes you feel like once one weird black girl gets in, it's over for the rest of us. Yeah, right. So yeah, cause for some reason, black people aren't allowed to have more people to look up to like other like white people and stuff but yeah that i love the show and it's been renewed for a second season as it should be i agree as it should be i just love it because it's really i think it is really challenging to like launch a show on like abc these days i mean i think 
ABC being on like streaming services like Hulu has helped mm-hmm. a lot because it's so hard to like launch shows on like platforms like Netflix, like HBO Max mm-hmm. and things like that. So I'm just really proud of her. Me too. Me too. All right. So let's get into the show. Let's talk about Quince's character, Janine. <laughs> yeah. I love Janine. I feel like I have definitely been there. Like, shout out to how I am the um hopelessly optimistic black girl. Because I feel like I've been that at work a lot. Um, especially when I worked at a school. Um, I was always like, Oh, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. And and the teachers that I worked with were like, I mean, obviously it's a show. It's like more lighthearted. They were like really mean about it. Like <laughs> it wasn't even a joke. Like they were so mean about it that like, I just was like, oh, like I love these kids. Like I want to, you know, but they were just like very mean about it. But um, I just love how hopelessly optimistic she is. It's just like being like we can do it like no matter what i'm like no so true you can she's so right (laughs) i think it's so funny because we both have worked in education in philly and i think that everyone who has ever worked in education in philly knows what it's like to to how you how you enter you but i'm about to save every Mm -hmm. child I'm about to kiss every child on the <laughs> cheek. We about to do the best projects. Like everything's going to be amazing. And you get in and you see that there are no resources. You see, you got to deal with the parents. You see, you got to deal with all these different things. And I feel like the show really wraps it up well, but yes, I feel like Janine because I came in being like, no, like I, I made it through this, this system <laughs> and I want to get back. And it's, you be so sweet, but by the end of it, You'll be like, I have to go for my mental health. But that's sad because the exactly. children can't leave. Yeah. The children can't leave. They can't. But the, the teachers can and do. Yeah. I was they just, do when, when they were mentioning that, like how some of the like the younger teachers were like leaving anywhere. So I'm like, yeah, that was definitely me. I definitely left. As soon as I got switched to public school, I was like, yeah, I don't think I could do this no more, y'all. I'm out of here. I'm going back to retail. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's really, I think that, like, again, like the show said, it wouldn't be so hard to get some damn resources, but they'd be like, yeah, ah, no, they make it seem so not. hard. And then you hear on the news, they're like, oh, they're building a $3 million prison. You're like, what the fuck? They'd be like, we are, at the when the Pope came to town, I'd be like, well, I'd be damned. We didn't got the Pope coming to town. We didn't have the Democratic Convention. Um, conference here we didn't have the eagles parade but we still can't do shit for the schools i'm like oh and y'all wonder why everything crime is going absolutely bonkers but (laughs) another time um let's talk about janine's right hand chris he is funny because I feel like they're only friends because they're the only ones left from their <laughs> exactly. We Which all is funny have you say like that because like when you get onto the later episodes, it's something that you're gonna crack up at. But yeah, that's um, <laughs> he really he is because we all like I feel like his character is written so perfectly because like that is literally how those type of teachers be. It's like you know they mean well, but sometimes they say stuff that's like. It's very microaggressive. It's microaggressive. It. <laughs> it's it. like you look good Watch with your natural it. hair. Oh, like, what? 
you didn't have to say that. Or like, or like he would say you something like, I to love your it. wig today. You be like, what? Something know that they've done their research on the community <laughs> and it's just like, but do you, you do understand you make me feel like you study. <laughs> yeah, you they're so that, right? academic. Like they're sweet people, but they're so academic at the same mm-hmm. time that they are like everything they talk about is like, I've read up on this. I've read up on this. And it's like, I'm a person. Like, you don't have to read up on me. I'm a person. Talk to me. You get your hair done, they but ah, cornrows. <laughs> cornrows. You Just like, like Moesha. You that? be like, oh my God. <laughs> they be like, are you doing anything for Juneteenth? You know, the celebration where black people, you be like, I know what Juneteenth is and, and it's not your business. <laughs> He would, oh, he would love it. Black Girl Brunch is our podcast? Oh, come on. He would lose his mind. <laughs> He's like, I have, he would probably leave a review like every week. Like, I'm doing what I have to do for the community. Ladies, ladies, love your authenticity. <laughs> Please keep showing up as yourselves. <laughs> like, like I need is your fucking permission. <laughs> Overall. Funny guy, though. <laughs> Funny guy, for sure. And he's so damn well-intentioned that you just be like, Chris. And that's what she yeah. do. That's she literally what she that. be doing. She's like, not now, Chris. I told you not you can't say that. <laughs> she really be getting him together. <laughs> Principal Ava. Oh, <laughs> no, my God. Funny. <laughs> I'm so happy that she is how she is because, like, I'm just going to say it. Stop making it like only white teachers are the problem. Stop making it like only white people be the problems. Because a lot of us have had black mm-hmm. teachers, black mm-hmm. principals, and they were fucking terrible. Yep. Okay? They were yep. terrible. <laughs> Think of your wor- some of your worst memories it's in school. Woman, isn't it? Sometimes it'd be with a black educator for Yeah, sure. black educator, yeah. That's true. It'd be the black educator. And I feel like Principal Ava being so problematic one is realistic two thank you for not making every black woman perfect yes exactly and the fact that she had doomsday prepper <laughs> I, I lost it because it's so random but i feel like people like that do be on to some shit that you like what like what are you you're into that like <laughs> her hitting on gray it's so funny like she will not Lee is so inappropriate. She will not leave him alone. That one, the one of the few episodes I seen when she was talking about being a doomsday prepper, and she was like, "I don't got no room for nobody besides me and Chris." His face was like, "What?" <laughs> She's like, "Like essentially, I only have prepared for me and Greg? Chris to survive, and they're in a place full of yeah. children." I'm just like, <laughs> she just wanted him like just. <laughs> he said, "Y'all getting this right." <laughs> that is too funny um speaking of greg greg first of all i'm so happy to see him uh tyler everybody hates chris (laughs) you know black people everybody hates chris too he he looks so he grew up so nicely it's funny we're the same age but i feel like i didn't realize that do you know we were the same age as him Regardless of if he's my age, he's a handsome yeah. young man. That's how I feel. I feel like with him, I feel like Shirley Ralph, that's our dynamic. I feel like I'm Shirley Ralph, and I feel like he's a handsome young man. He's a handsome young man with great manners, and he got some exactly, sense. Exactly. Exactly. That's how I feel about him, too. But yeah, I love also how um, he's he's like kind of weird. 
Um, mm. and I feel like that I for some reason I feel like that black boy character hasn't been like explored a lot. Cause the thing is nope. he's outspoke like he'll speak, but he also is like very reserved. Um, mm-hmm. and he's like somebody that you're like like I feel like I definitely went to school with somebody like him. Oh, for sure. It's very realistic and it feels like this is the positive like representation mm-hmm. we need. Like we need somebody like him to be super funny, but also like the kids adore mm-hmm. him. Like I was like looking at um the one episode where they all were drawing pictures of him and I'm like, that's super heartwarming. And also him and Janine, super realistic couple. So realistic. I want even though I they're want not that together. so bad. I want it so. It's funny. Uh, I was going back to the kids drawing pictures. I feel like I was always drawing the teachers like him, the ones that like <laughs> he's he not he's not very emotional <laughs> stuff like that. Like I always love teachers like that. <laughs> I like teachers like that because I feel like they just be talking to you like a normal person. They don't talk to you. Like yeah, a child. I think that's why I like, like them too. But I always would be my like silly self with those teachers, and they would just be like, "What?" <laughs> Yes. It's so funny that I was drawing the teachers like Greg, but I acted like Jimmy when I was exactly. in education. <laughs> I can't be calm and chill no matter how much I know it works. Like sometimes when it comes to kids, I'd be like, dippity doo <laughs> Mind you, my students were teenagers. <laughs> but that you do got to be yourself with, with yeah. children and young people period you gotta be yourself and if you are a, a, a nerd you really gotta be that because they gonna sense if you try to be too cool and exactly. too wow like they are just like soul they will look into your soul like students <laughs> they will look directly they into really you. will and they read you exactly. and humble you <laughs> humble you um miss howard barbara howard <laughs> Shirley, I love her so much. Like, I love her character, her actual outside. Everybody know I want her to come to my party. I want to party with her. Um, but (laughs) you, Shirley Ralph Hive, I really am. am. I love her character because also, like, so I always, and that's another type of teacher that I liked. And, um, I also like the fact that she really cares about the the um the students and she's not mean but she is and she understands you know their issues mm-hmm. i love that yes she knows the families like when she when greg was having that problem with that suit and she was i know that family and i'm like this is like a philly old school educator yep. down this is it like this is exactly how the ones the the og educators who really care and who really been doing this and they don't do it for like anything other than the discipline and the labor mm-hmm. of love it's like they do it for the love of the community of the, the kids like they know the families they half the time be like i taught your teacher i, I taught your sister i taught your niece i taught you know they'd be really knowing um and also they'd be sharp i always get along with uh teachers yep. like that I don't even play like that. <laughs> yeah, same. Play like that. Same. Because she reminded me of the teacher I had at elementary school named Miss Kelly, and she had like a sharp haircut. And I never, I played with everybody else but her. I knew. Yeah, I would be like, I would actually, you probably wouldn't like me. I would have been, I'd be real Joe with teachers oh, yeah, like that. I like real strict older black women to this day. 
I'd be like, hey, I did it like you told me to. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm a pleaser. The pleaser would be like, turn it up. <laughs> oh, you would have hated me. I'd be like, hi, I organized all the journals by ABC order. Yeah. I, I, I can volunteer to help. <laughs> you would have hated me. Because I just don't want to have no problem. It's a 100. That's my chance. That's the I figure like this. If I stay on her good side, I'll never get told off. Because she teaches like that will tell a child off like they tell an adult off. Tell you off. Oh, my God. But no, shout out to her. Um, Real quick, let's just talk about uh, her name is, you know, the teacher that's from South Philly, Miss Scametti. Miss Scametti. Wait, hold on. If I look at it, I can. Um, Shiminti. Shiminti. Okay, cool. She is also very realistic. We also all have that one teacher where you're like, she white, but you don't play with her. <laughs> yes. That was my music teacher for me. I did not, I did not play around with Miss Christensen at all. There's <laughs> certain white teachers. And as a kid, I just didn't get it. Cause some white women, like they, again, they would be crying and stuff, the teachers. But then it was some white women who would tell you off. Yeah. And they would tell your parents off too. <laughs> like not my parents, not my mom, because I never acted yeah. out like that. But some people, parents would be coming up and they'd be like, yeah, he needs to knock it off. <laughs> mom, they was like, they like, you want me to call mom? Want me to That's call mom? really how she was. Like she set me straight one time. I was studying. I'm like in middle school. <laughs> I was like, I, I was studying that music. Okay. I was studying the music. <laughs> I knew how to read the music by the next week. I did, just did not want to get in trouble with her again because she did not play that way. Shout out to her. That's so funny. Um, and I guess we should talk about Zach Fox really quick. Oh like, my gosh. Honestly, such a loser warning. Honestly, I was so triggered. Loser. <laughs> a bum. <laughs> Greg has to watch. He is so like he's so funny. Terrible. So funny. I'm so happy Me for too. him. But also like it's just so funny because like he's he dropped off her car. He was like, you're gonna need gas. Like that is so nasty. And the fact that she just be getting <laughs> No, sorry. I was laughing at how she looked at some time and um one time Shirley Ralph when she was getting electrocuted and stuff. She said looking like who shot John. <laughs> Her facial expressions are so funny. Like she's that so was funny. So he, oh my gosh, they're dynamic because she really be like, I believe in you. Like he just a bum ass nigga. <laughs> the black people on Twitter won. Like Zach Fox and Quinta both. <laughs> yeah, we show. definitely won. Y'all keep tweeting. <laughs> Never stop. Keep Do nothing without intention. <laughs> nothing without it all right um super excited it's just a school is a place for show because there are so many different personality types that come with teachers like so many different personality types so we'll see what new teachers get bred yes i cannot wait till they come off this hiatus yes i'm excited shout out to them all right let's get into the rest of tea time so there was a stabbing at MoMA. And this is hands down one of the most chaotic stories 
I've ever read about. So chaotic from start to finish. It was no downtime. Literally no downtime. It so, started high. It ended high. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, it's we're just so all so confused. So um, over the weekend, a man, like, I'll let you tell the story because I'm just so, like, what the fuck? The 60-year-old man, he had a membership at MoMA and he and they called him and said that his membership was going to be canceled if it wasn't renewed on Friday. But he wanted to see a movie on Saturday. So he came there and thought the solution to not to renew the membership, but to stab three staff members. Um, it's a lot. So we're sorry. First of all, it's insane to me because this man is 60 years old. Like six years old, you're supposed to be chilling. You decide to stab three employees because you wanted to see a movie. So that's the hot, that's where it started. It gets even crazier because now we're involved because he came to Philly. He came to Philly, I believe it was yesterday. um, And he set a hotel room downtown on fire. Um, yeah, so he set a hotel room on fire and that's how they found him. And they saw they had surveillance, um, him on surveillance camera. So right now he's arrested in Philly. Um, and they, you know, they had to figure out how they're, he's going to obviously have to go back to deal with the crimes he did in New York. Yeah, he facing yeah. counts in, across <laughs> different states. <laughs> they probably like, I mean, I think the stabbing is worse than the fire. So y'all want to like tag team them and just. Yeah. So what happened? That's what I have to not. It's never <laughs> excuse, but like sometimes you just want to know whether it makes sense or not. What were you thinking? Your museum membership caused you to stab someone. And I was just telling Sabria, like I worked at a bunch of museums in Philly. Um, and the only time I've ever cried was at, during a time when I worked at an art museum because this woman was acting crazy about some directions needed to, like, I told her she couldn't bring her pocketbook into the art collection. However, we had a free bag check and we could give her like a clear tote instead. Um, And she was just being so mean. And I was like 20 years old. I went to the bathroom and started crying. So I feel like it's not that hard for me to believe that somebody who has a museum membership for something as gentle and delicate as like art in the moment can be completely violent because I think a lot of people be like super super crazy and they think that they're like misunderstood geniuses but what they really (laughs) are is just like in heavy need of like some therapy but they never process it exactly because it's funny you say that because the first time I ever got screamed at at work was working at the Franklin Institute (laughs) a science a children's science museum children's science museum that was the first time I got yelled at and because I got yelled at because I asked for his zip code because that <laughs> was my job. do you want that for? <laughs> he wanted his tickets very fast and the plot thickens. I was not supposed to work that day. I took somebody else's shift because I was being ambitious and I took somebody else's shift. I, that was my off day. I got yelled at. He screamed at me like real bad. Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> One of those screams. <laughs> what the yeah? What are you doing? Uh, the f- what do you want that for? I want to get in to see the human size heart. Like, please. <laughs> I just was like, literally, that's a f- 
first time, and it only went downhill from there working in customer service, but that was the first time at a museum, which is I remember my face becoming so hot. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm about to cry. I remember that day. I'm not because I'm sad, because I want to knock this bitch head off. <laughs> like, I remember being like, ooh, she wouldn't have yelled at me outside of this. And, mm-hmm. like, to have a pencil skirt on and a turtleneck and get yelled at, I just was like, who yells? Exactly. Like, that's the, my, that was my whole situation, too. Like, who, like, who yells? Like, there's a family of five behind you. Like, this, it's a man dressed up as Benjamin Franklin. Like, Sabrina. in the hall, like. She was taunting me. She's like, huh, gotta change your bag, gotta move the bag, even though I did the measurements before I came in. <laughs> I just don't know. Is this okay for you? Is this all right? I wanted to be like, boop, boop, over the counter, but I'm just like, oh my God. And also, I felt like this was when I realized, like, you gotta hold your own as an employee because mm-hmm. I'm like, nobody's jumping in, like, nobody's saving me, like, what? But I now know that that was my responsibility to be like, hi, ma'am. You seem upset. Would you like security to escort you out? Like, would you like yeah. security to tase you? Would you like security to mace you? Like, what would you like? Because you're not going to stand here and scream at me and I'm not going to take it. I don't have yeah. to take it just because I'm in customer service, but you don't know that. And we actually were talking about how like, damn, where was the security? And then it reminded me, like, I went to the Holocaust Museum in DC and I saw a plaque honoring uh, a security guard and I was like oh my god what happened it turns out in 2009 an 88 year old man came in with a rifle and, and started opening fire and killed uh, a, a, like one of the security guards so some like nobody safe like secu- security guards are just people with uniforms on yes mm-hmm. they can like alarm but like the, the bottom line is just like yo there's no safe space it's no safe space and that person who's 88 years old blamed Obama and Jewish people and he said Jewish people created Obama so he was um off his rocker it's clear it's clear to say but also because um he said the Jewish people and excuse me Negroes were involved in his 1980 conviction nigga it's 2009 you still mad about the 80s (laughs) and you're free now and you're in your 80s. Like, sit in a damn rocking chair, you old freak. It's just crazy. Like, we, I, I just feel like there was no excuse for that person in 2009. I wonder what was going on with that person. I mean, I, I'm just waiting for, like, the ID to cover it. Because you know at some point, it's mm-hmm. going to be on these crime shows. Like, that's I need wild. to know what happened. He came in, ooh, damn. He came in there. <laughs> my phone took a tumble. But he came in there. They said Friday, yeah, you're, you know, it's going to be canceled if you don't renew it. He said, I need to see this movie Saturday. And he couldn't see the movie. He's like, the crazy thing is, if you ever had a membership anywhere, but since I worked at a museum, I know how memberships goes. You can renew it the same day and still continue all your benefits. That's how I know that he was batshit insane. <laughs> like, the fact that, like, he, what did you think? That you have to wait a week till it kick in or some shit like that? Like, no, you just pay it. Like, what was the and fucking been, movie? What was the movie? One, also, like, we've all been here. Like, you know, sometimes we got to cancel our membership. You know, we don't have enough money. Like, I miss Orange Theory. Shout out to them. But, like, I'm not going to go in there and go eat shit because my money not together. Huh. Hello? So I'm sending prayers to the people who were stabbed. Uh, they were very young, probably near 24. To the- yeah, two two of them were twenty four, and um, no, sorry to sorry to put you off. 
that is another thing because we was talking about me and Iman like off mic. We was talking about how in certain situations we feel a little safe, and sometimes around people that are significantly older than me, I feel like a little bit safer because I'm like, oh, they're older, like they're not going to do something, whatever. And like this older, you know, in both cases, member, in both cases, eighty-eight and, bo- and sixty, yeah, both ca- exactly came in here and you know attacked you. That's very traumatic. Yeah, and I feel like it's because I know I look after younger people. Like, even if they don't want me to, I always feel like it's my responsibility as someone's older to, like, kind of be guide, be a little bit more understanding, be more graceful, as some, a lot of old people who are older than me have been. Even if they're one year older than me, they've looked out for me. But it's just, you gotta, one, not give people personality traits based on their age, which is, like, I guess what we're all working on is very hard. And Mm -hmm. two watch everybody everybody's nuts like that's Mm -hmm. that's the bottom line period um 50 cent is mean to everyone except for monique (laughs) okay very random all right random but i support it it's like beef with tiara marie check beef with ja rule check (laughs) beef with his children check Beef with baby moms, check. <laughs> beef with Notori, check. Beef with young Dolph, who recently yeah. died, he says, check. Yeah, beef with a dead man, check. Monique. Monique, that's auntie. Don't, you don't fuck with her. He said, I love the Parkers, okay? And you will not fuck with her. I love the fat girls. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the movie that really got her fat girl. He said, no, because at the end, he said, because she was always confident. That's probably what he liked about her. So 50 Cent wants Monique to have a second chance in Hollywood, and he wants the people who blackballed her, like Oprah and Tyler Berry. Tyler Berry. <laughs> who the fuck is that? <laughs> His evil twin. More evil than him. <laughs> True. I forgot. How? I watched the... Now, sorry, we're going to get back to this. I watched the Why Did I Get Married live play when I was in the seat at the hair salon. And he is, he's been at it for a while. That's what I will say. If you thought yeah. that in he the just needed movie, the money. you know, Joe, Joe Scott husband, if you thought he was evil and Why Did I Get Married <laughs> the movie, wait till you see the play. He was pure evil. Oh God. He was pure evil. Oh, but anyway, he wants Tyler Perry and Oprah and all those folks to apologize because he's just like, why Why does she deserve that? And he said, I'm sure Oprah Winfrey and Tyler Perry would not want to continue to allow their influence to damage the real Monique wide career. And this has went on for far too long. So now would be a great time to apologize because I'm going to put her back on. Green light gang. I don't miss. Hashtag Brands Cognac. Huh? Um, Monique made an appearance on Turned Out with T.S. Madison back in February and during her interview, sorry, I'm reading a, a clip if you guys don't know by now. Um, and, and back in February and during her interview talked about a conversation she had with Perry on the phone where the filmmaker allegedly apologized to her. After that phone call, Perry declined meeting with Monique in person, except under two circumstances that they meet without her husband, the manager, and that she apologized to him. Monique continued by breaking down why she believes this beef between her and Perry has persisted for so long. I just don't feel like Tyler Perry should hold anyone's career in the palm of his hands. And I'm sorry, 50 Cent is right. Like, and I hope he do put her back on. I hope he give her a bad ass role um, 
in like power or something, even though I don't watch those shows, I will watch for Monique because I've been on her side from day one. I'm like, I feel like for someone who is not Oscar nominated, okay? Because keep in mind, Will Smith hasn't won an Oscar, all right? Mm -hmm. And he's one of the greatest. He's Oscar nominated. Monique is an Oscar winner. How is she here? How is she here? And if you could now, I have changed stances on a lot of things in my life. I've mm-hmm. never changed stances on what Monique deserves ever. Yeah, no, you never have. You never Neither have. one and of I, us have. Yeah, and it's just crazy how, you know, that man is like, I mean, I know I already burnt that bridge, so fuck it. But like, he just, so <laughs> he is just so, he's, he's evil. Like, he's not detail oriented. He's not detail oriented, which is like, that's how you know. That's how you. The thing is, okay, I'm going to work hard regardless, whatever. But some shit really a scam because all you got to do, like, honestly, to work hard and get success, sometimes you, all you got to do is show up and not mm-hmm. shut up. All you got to do is show up and keep talking. Well, all you got to do is work hard, but you ain't got to be the best. <laughs> exactly. I feel like Tyler Perry is relentless. 100% will never take away from his hard work. I think he's mm-hmm. relentless. But mm-hmm. to be good at what you do, to be detail-oriented, there are so many holes in the shit that he does, but people eat it up. They consume it because exactly. the average person is not detail-oriented either. So exactly. it's like, okay, cool. He's able to... And I'm not even going to hold you. Some of my Tyler Perry movies are funny as shit to me, but not for the reason people think it <laughs> is. Like, I really enjoy watching Tyler Perry movies because it's so ridiculous and it's so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, I fall yeah, from grace. For right Come on. That was that was funny. Like he might as well just be a comedian. I could definitely take that. <laughs> the thing is, he 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 really do be funny as shit sometimes. Like, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm just thinking about a fall from grace when Cicely Tyson like appeared out of nowhere. And me and Car- me and Karina were watching. And we were like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> she was like in a dark somewhere. We were like, oh my god, <laughs> I did not no, see her there. That when he said ashtray, bitch. I'm like, are he serious? <laughs> <laughs> he was so serious when he wrote that the fact that he made jill scott drive up the hill by herself just because she was big <laughs> oh my and her reward was losing weight and getting the man <laughs> move <laughs> um but yeah 50 cent i hate to say it he's right <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. What are you going to do? People are right, they're right. A broken <laughs> clock is right twice a day. But this is, I, I feel like I'm staying with him on this one. Oprah, you too. That's great. The start, the start of fight with Oprah. <laughs> a lot of people be testing Oprah gangster for sure. It is. Cr- like, you know what's crazy, though? Sidebar. Like, I'm looking back at, like, some of, like, when people show old clips of like the Oprah show, I'm like, yo, she low key a terrorist too. Like, do you remember? Yeah, Oprah is, but I don't be wanting to tell. I don't. I don't be. Do you remember? It was an episode of Oprah show where like family swapped races. Like they put a white people in blackface, <laughs> and the white man said the N word. On primetime TV. But you know what's funny? She'll do an episode like that and then she'll be like, mm, 
More to come when we get back from this commercial break. And just stare into the camera like, bitch, this is, this is a joke. Really? This is a joke right now. And it's crazy because when I was a kid, I'm thinking everything, nothing. I'm like, all of this is prestigious. I'm like, she is different from Mari. Like, she is different from Jerry Springer. Like, she is different. She's different from them. She's not one of them. That's how I felt. Me crying when the show ended. <laughs> yeah, same. Wow. I was like, she, I was I'm like, she's like, not one of them. Okay, that's how I feel about Oprah being problematic. Okay, Ann. <laughs> okay, Ann. So, whoa, when I saw that clip, I was like, I remembered it too. There are some it people was like I race swamp. <laughs> There's some people I will, yeah. And y'all, the barbs can do it, so can I. If we're going to do it, let's do it. That's how I feel. If we're going to do it, let's do it. If we're going to ignore some people being problematic and let, be okay with other folks, then let's do it. I choose Oprah. Uh-huh. <laughs> choose Beyonce I do cause y'all still be wearing them fucking Yeezy so yeah <laughs> I am gonna listen to Super Soul Conversations I am but my favorite thing is that she'll do something crazy as shit and act like she didn't do it like she, she don't never talk about it again <laughs> she, she didn't do it that's so funny like she'll never talk about it again also, Oprah be saying funny shit. Like, if you listen to her podcast, she'll have, like, a health guru on talking about being vegan. And Oprah be like, yeah, I'll never give a lamb chops. <laughs> Why you invite me on the show just to make fun of what I do? Yeah, also, like, it's funny because, like, she be friends with a bunch of, like, Dr. Phil Kook. Dr. Oz Kook. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. And Oprah is really into, like, soul searching and stuff like that. People will be talking shit, but, mm, mm, then do something pure evil. <laughs> love oh, it shit. anyway um but yeah he's right she still should apologize to monique because like it just was wrong and she don't deserve it she don't deserve it and i just feel like you know as black women it's okay to just say you took an l and 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 make 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 up kiss and make up people make mm-hmm. like that's make it like that's the worst thing to ever do but like i would really appreciate if, if oprah like practice what she preached and you know apologize to monique 50 cent is right <laughs> Um, but you know who's wrong? <laughs> Me. You know who else is wrong? Who? Jane Camp Campion. Wrong as hell, okay? That's why she's in a fucking sunken place this week. So, I didn't even see this, Sabrina. I'm so happy you brought it up because how dare she? Because I couldn't sleep. <laughs> so Jane Campion um, won a 2022 Critic Choice Award for Best Director of the film Power of the Dog. Never heard of it. Probably a great film, right? <laughs> Not to discredit her because that's, it probably was a great film. However, her speech was unfucking necessary. When she was accepting her speech, um, she just said, um, she just started like randomly like admiring like Venus and Serena Williams. And then she just turned around and said something like, I'd also, you know, I just want to thank you guys. Like, I just, I'm happy to be in the same room as you. Um, and, and Serena Venus, you are such marvels. However, you do not play against the guys. And she did a brief pause and started laughing. Like, and was like, like I have to, and everybody started laughing, but Venus face said it all. Venus was she looking did. like, huh? She did. And, you know, Serena, I think she's a Libra. She um was clapping 
But you know, Libras don't like conflict, so. And also, sometimes um, it might take you a minute to realize what happened. But I'm yeah, you're gonna... like, yo, this person disrespected me. She probably, honestly, she probably, Serena probably just heard her name and was like, oh, she's talking about me because <laughs> that's probably some shit I would do. Oh, no, she's talking about me. But um, <laughs> then you Sorry. run it back and be like, bitch, what? <laughs> Hold on, huh? Yeah, like, was you dissing me? Yeah, Venus was not. And then there was a picture of her, like, trying to make it up and, like, hug and try to hug um, Venus. And Venus was like, uh, nah. I would have been enraged. Why? Now, why am I in it? Why you got to bring me up and what I don't do during your acceptance speech? And this is exactly why it's so hard to to really really believe in sisterhood and and intersectionality is working in exactly. feminism so hard as a black woman because just when you think we've had enough conversations about intersectionality just when you think we've complained about white feminism to the point where all white feminists at this point should know what not to do uh somebody will with that much power will do that and to undermine two of the world's most powerful black women and be wrong. What do you mean they don't have to play against the guys? They're literally athletes. What? And they're literally athletes. Did like, you watch King Richard? <laughs> like every, at this point, every sport is male dominated. Like literally every sport. The coaches, are... the judges, exactly. all these, all these people that they're constantly battling battling against and not to mention that they're constantly being compared to men in a way that only black women can which mm-hmm. in, in appearance and questioning their the questioning their strength people mm-hmm. want them to be less strong so it was like not only were you out of line and out of pocket you were wrong yeah. as hell you were really really wrong and you look dumb with them big ass teeth smiling <laughs> about your own joke <laughs> looking like the but damn like, mask <laughs> it's just very weird to me like i don't know what anything is, is white women but like white people in general why do they do that thing like they it's like they have a tick where they're just like i have to say something that is going to be so bad they're like hold my beer and they just like say it's just that was just not all you had to say was I am. So, she wanted to make the audience chuckle so bad. You that's not your field. Like you're not no. a comedian. You're not known for being funny. I don't even know who you are for real. Yeah. Um. But shout out to you for like being a woman in film or whatever. Like, but like I don't even know you. Like we don't no. know. You're not known for that. All you had to say was I am honored to share the room with Venus and Serena. Uh, yeah. Keep it at that. Like I be doing Beyonce exactly people probably still would have laughed if she was like it's so odd like you know whatever it's it would have been still that still would have been white women cringy but it would have been better than like what she said it would have been that love was just, it would have been love like she's showing it love, been love. Could, it would, maybe not she, by me but it's okay that's just and she could have been like want to know one thing i really respect about venus serena we both got to play against the boys and we both win. That would have ate, baby. That would have ate. Okay. People got to get me start ghostwriting for them. White people. <laughs> that would have ate. So get me to ghostwrite. Okay. Like, cause that, that people, like, we both play against the boys and if she would have leaned in and be like, and we both win. Everybody would have been like, <sighs> they would have went stupid. Okay. People love shit like Meryl that. Meryl Streep would have got up and did a split. Like it would have been <laughs> nuts. 
Reese Witherspoon would have started like uh, Vogan. Like it would have been crazy. <laughs> it would have been nuts. Doing a cabbage patch. Like it would have been really crazy. Half the way start doing a running man. <laughs> exactly. Like it would have that would have went crazy. But what now you gonna spend a week apologizing? Not no, you gonna spend the rest of your life apologizing. <laughs> True. But like not only to them, but to black women. Because like you gotta have to apologize. And now, now Jane, I'm gonna say something about you. <laughs> Now I'm gonna say something about you in my speech when I win a critics award. Like, yeah. I'm gonna say now you've done <laughs> you've done it. I went from not knowing who you were to being like now I'm gonna have to have a dig at you. Now you're on my list. I'm gonna now be like own, exactly. unlike Jane, I know how to make a speech. Um, <laughs> Period. Anyway. Like, because at first, like, I was going to, like, you know, shout out to my haters, Forever 21, because they really hated on me when I worked there. But now it's you, Jane. It's you. <laughs> like. Congratulations, Jane. Hope you, you got I hope you got that attention you wanted. Exactly. I hope it was worth it. Like, yeah. you really, you did it this time. Yeah, so. Shout out to Venus and Serena for just being bomb and for always playing against the boys and for always winning. Exactly. Hmm. <sighs> so. Let's get into common senses, huh? Shall we? All right. So this week on common senses, we have a listener letter, 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 letter. I really do appreciate um the fact that you all keep consistently sending us listener letters. Please, please, please keep them coming. We love it. We really, really do. So this week we have a listener letter from someone um by the name of Mary. Okay. So Mary says, let me start by saying happy Women's History Month to two of my favorite women. I've listened to you guys for two years and I feel like you're my best friends. Thank you for your creativity, your originality, and for being your true selves to your listeners. So genuine. Oh my God, thanks. Now to the issue. I'm 28, soon to be 29. My husband and I have been together for almost a decade and married for three years. We have one child and I'm pregnant with our second. His sister recently had a baby who was born prematurely, but thank God is doing well. She and her husband are about four hours away from us. So naturally my husband wants to check on her from time to time. They're new to their area and don't really have a support system. So I fully get it and I'm in support of it. Being a new mom is hard as fuck. I want her to have as much support as she needs. The problem is that my husband wants to visit again this month, but I want him to stay home. He wants to go to help them settle in and meal prep to make things easier for them. But I feel like he should be at home helping me do those things for our household. I'm 30 weeks pregnant, so our window of time to get everything ready for a second baby is closing fast. Plus, every time he travels, I get nervous that something might happen to him. I know it could be my anxiety, and maybe I'm being selfish. I don't know. But I feel like all the things he wants to do for his sister, her husband should be doing for her. My grandma always taught me the charity starts in the home. Am I wrong for wanting him to focus on me? Thank you so much. No, you are not wrong. Let's start there. Yeah, you you are not wrong at all. No, you are not selfish. Exactly. And I know sometimes as women, it's hard for us to ask for what we want and feel like we ask for too much, but you are not wrong at all. Also, is you have to, you this is your second time having a child. Always remind yourself that like being being pregnant is a big deal. Huge. Like people try to downplay it and stuff like that. It is a big deal. So you definitely are in the right. Like it is a huge deal. I don't care if it was your 
30th time having a baby. Each time, it's always a big Yes, you're bringing a human into the world and your life is on the line, you know, in Mm -hmm. a sense that you are now the container to bring this child Mm -hmm. into the world. Your health, your wellness, your ease is the top priority. So no, Mm -hmm. I don't think you're wrong. I don't think that you are being dramatic in any way and saying that I want my husband home. I want that support here with me. But also I feel like there's so much empathy in like the letter. I feel like you said, I get nervous about him and his safety. Mm-hmm. I feel that way with a lot of people. Like even like some, if somebody I know is driving in the snow or rain, I get worried. I can't imagine mm-hmm. if my husband was driving four hours away to and from, you'd be nervous the whole time. So I, I totally get that. Um, You mentioned mm-hmm. that you understand how hard having a child is and you want people to have a support, but it's like, why should it come at the expense of your support? So I, I totally, totally get that. So we're just going to like unpack it a little bit um, without being too judgmental of your husband or the, the sister-in-law, because we don't know them personally. I'm sh- sure it's more nuanced than what you share, but my first thought without knowing them is where is her husband? Not to say that somebody should pay for having a husband that isn't involved. Not to say that her husband isn't at work all the time, but it's like you said, it's every person's responsibility to maintain their own household first. So that's mm-hmm. my first question is like, where is, where is her husband? Exactly. Cause you need yours right now more than ever. Cause he, he helped with the situation. And I don't know if it's one of those situations where like, they're both so new at parenting to the point where they both feel lost. Cause that's, I get it, but it's just like, okay, cool. What, what can give, like, can some FaceTime conversations work? Can some, you know, like coat, like what can go? Cause like with you being 30 weeks, that's yeah. I'm with you. I think that he, your husband needs to be serving you right now. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know if she, like, how her support system is, like, if she could, like, ask a friend or, like, ask, like, you know, another family member um, for help. Uh, but, yeah, it's very critical. Or, or her husband's family, you know? Yeah. Or his, or his you know, a friend. Um, Which is, wow, that really just made me realize that sometimes men, what a lot of men don't help their um friends out when they have babies well sounds saying no. it it's always i feel like yeah. the woman's support system it, in, yeah. in yeah some relationships it can be like that it depends um but i think that four hours away is not as close as what it seems <laughs> it's not because some because sometimes 30 minutes can be like that's a, a hassle but, for me personally <laughs> 30 minutes is a huge inconvenience for me. <laughs> when things start being over 20 minute drives, I'm like, do I need to go? That's how I start being. <laughs> of course, for like my yeah. sister, but I, I was like, I can't keep making this drive to 30 minutes. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> Four hours? Yeah. That's nuts. Four hours. So that is. That's like from here to further than DC. Yeah. Yeah. And that's further than New York also. Yes. And like that, it's just. Don't let it be no traffic. I don't know where you where y'all live, but I'm just saying like that is a lot, and like it's it's admirable that your husband is just like no, that's that's my sis, that's that's my niece slash nephew. Like I need to be be there for them and want to be that involved uncle. But 
I think that there's like a few ways you can kind of like explain it. Again, I know that the baby being premature definitely like adds into like a layer of like wanting to help out, but you Mm -hmm. have to take care of your home first for sure. Yeah, exactly. And like, I guess like, you know, it it just explained to me, like, it's not like I admire what you're doing, but you know, in the same token, I feel like I'm lacking and, you know, I admire what you're doing, but like, I need, you know, support right now. Yeah. I feel like that's important to explain, um, that, you know, this again, 30 weeks, I'm like, that is very like crucial, critical time. Um, also, like you said, you worried about his safety, like, you know, that can't be like driving back and forth for hours. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. And that's a lot for somebody who is, you know, because you're going to be up with the baby and, excuse me, you already have a child. And then, like, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, I mean, I'm not sure, like, you know, what, you know, this job situation stuff, that is just a lot on one person. So not only um, are you worried for yourself, you have to worry about from your partner because, like, you need his help. So if he's not 100%, it's not going to nobody's going to benefit nobody's going to benefit and it's just like at this point is when your stress needs to be at its minimum like your stress needs to be at its minimum and i think that just communicating that like sabria was saying in a way that is you know healthy it's never what you say it's always how you say it also feel like Mm -hmm. um i'm not married but i want i'm practicing being honest about how i feel now so that i don't have unspoken resentment just building up and then it unleashes during a really like unusual time because that's what also could happen like you could just not say nothing and try to be selfless now but it's gonna come out and at at some point or another like one day he wants he gonna sweep but he gonna forget to pick it up with the dustpan and you gonna go crazy you're going to be yeah. like, now, why the fuck would you drive in four hours to go see your damn sister? When he going to be like, huh? One day he going to yeah. forget to take like something out of the freezer. He going to forget to do something and you're going to lose it because it's just like, you've been thinking about um, this for a while now. So it's just like, I think mm-hmm. it's okay to just say how you feel and be okay with seeming selfish. Like it's all right to be selfish about your husband. That's you, mm-hmm. you know, that's the one man on earth where you can kind of be like, yeah, you're not to be possessive, but this is my person and we mm-hmm. can talk about things. So I, I definitely the father of your children, father of your children for sure. And also just understanding his perspective. He could be under the impression that like, yeah, we got this. Like we, we've done this before, but they've never done it before. That's why I'm giving them help. And then you might have to kind of like remind him that like, no, you've done this before and and in the sense of being a partner to someone carrying the child but each pregnancy feels different specifically to the person who's carrying the child so maybe just kind of mm-hmm. letting that might be the perspective simply because he's not carrying the child so he doesn't understand how you you might be feeling right now so sometimes it's a matter of just sharing how you feel and we both just wanted to share times where we were dating someone who gave too much time elsewhere and like how we handled it. Now don't follow our advice directly because these people were not our husbands and the, <laughs> the father of our children. Cause we might've approached it differently, 
But these were just, this is just, you know, a little, let you know, we've been there before. We understand. Yeah, actually, I feel like um, in the beginning of me uh, seeing somebody recently, I was working at Mahona House Shop, and I felt like I was, um, since I personally was not used to talking to somebody seriously and actually, like, dating maturely, I felt like, oh, like, you know, I don't have to talk to you every day. Like, I don't have to do this. Like, I just went on my way, like, how I would be um regularly like single me mm-hmm. and I just was like um you know you brought up to me like you know I'm used to talking to somebody every day I'm used to seeing the person that I'm seeing every day and stuff like that and it just clicked I was like oh like ooh, like I need to um yeah be more present yeah so after that I practiced on um just being more present and it's also something I'm working through like not being afraid to be like hey, do you want to, like, see me? Do you want to, like, whatever? Because in the in past situations, I was, like, kind of more, um, I was afraid to, like, be like, oh, do you want to? Because I felt too, like, um, too clingy and stuff third. But if somebody cares about you, they're going to understand that, like, um, you're not trying to smother them or you're not trying to, like, you know, take over their space or whatever. They're going to understand, like, oh, this person just wants to, you know, be around me. So, yeah. Yeah, so I definitely had to get better with that. And also, like, as I'm, I'm like, even now, I'm thinking about, like, because, you know, I'm not sure which job that I'm going to get. So I'm, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, what days could be days where, like, I spend time with this person? Like, I don't put, because I know how I am. When it comes to work, I'd be, like, getting all the way in it. So I'm, like, how do I, you know, balance that? Um, yeah, so definitely a learning curve. Yeah. Um, as someone, I come from a big family and I come from a big demanding family. Um, I've yeah. started to put boundaries <laughs> up with them because they just, not because of partners, because I'll be tired. But um, <laughs> with, it, with that, I think a lot of people find my relationship with my family to be super intimidating because while I do put boundaries up, I'm like ride or die for my family. Like it is family over everything for me. Like it is. That's the people in this world that I feel like protect me, love me, know me more than anybody else. So it's just like, there's that attitude, but it doesn't have to be over other people. Like, I think that you could be real strategic with how you do that. For example, like, I don't think Sabrina, you've ever felt like I put my family over you. Like, no, like you, I can have my (laughs) friendship and I can have my relationship, my family and it's, they don't, they intersect actually really well because you are around my family. And I would hope that that would be the case with like whoever I partner up with. But with, there have been guys like, I ain't gonna lie, recently I was dating somebody and they was doing, they, they, they family had them run around like a chicken with their head cut off. And I think that it was affecting me. Um, and like, honestly, I wasn't even their girlfriend, but I'm like, yeah, you gonna have to choose. <laughs> You want to choose is me or them, and it, he chose his family, and that's fine because that's what you should do. That's what you should do. But I just realized, like, oh, if your family got to hold on you like that to the point where you can't, like, I mean, I'm gonna put up a boundary. Like, say I'm going on a date, and then somebody in my family, like, can you give me a ride here? I'm gonna be like, no, go get an Uber. Like, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm not going to stop what I'm doing to to yeah, to do something them. that's not dire and dire need for you like you got to do that yourself but like if my mom was like hey it's like a family emergency like something happened with my brother something happened with my dog that person would have to understand but I felt like I was being put on the back burner for like 
uh-uh. I'm not dealing with it. You could because it's not about me over your family. It's about prioritizing all aspects of your life because it's going to keep coming up and I'm not about to be competing with nobody mom, nobody sister, <laughs> nobody. No, I'm not about to be competing yeah. with them. A, a romantic partner is a different type of partner. It requires different type of love and it requires intentional commitment. Mm-hmm. So that's that on that. Yep. All right. We hope that helped, lovely. And congratulations on your baby. Wishing you a beautiful, safe, and healthy pregnancy. Seriously. And we know you're going to have a great conversation. You probably have had the conversation by now. So let us know how <laughs> it went or what's going on. And again, congrats on the bundle of joy. Yes. All right, guys, that's it. That's it for this week's episode of Black Girl Brunch. We never addressed it. So sorry we missed last week's episode. We both were very booked, very busy, and very burnt out. So we took International Women's Day to pour back into ourselves because we's women. Um, And that's that. So we're going to see you guys next week. Um, Make sure you follow us on the socials. Um, Hit us up on Instagram at Black Girl Brunch. Hit us up on Twitter at BLK Girl Brunch. Make sure you send us more of these listener letters. They're so good. We love them so much. We appreciate it. And you can also send us um, a sponsorship opportunities. Shout out to Legacy DC. You know, you can follow me on Instagram at Iman Matei. You can follow me on... Did I say Instagram? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Iman Matei. You can <laughs> find me on Twitter at It's Matei and Sabria. You can follow me at It's Frank and Them on Instagram and Frank and Them underscore on Twitter. That's it. Bye. Peace.